going today, guys. Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, on Wednesday, February 24th, 2021. Um, I am joined once again by Aria Atari. Aria, say what's up to everybody. Hey, what's going on? Back again. Another Wednesday. Hey, we're glad to have Aria back once again on the same day of the week to do another podcast. Um, since we podcasted last, a couple things have happened with Carson Wentz being traded. Um, also, the NBA has announced the All-Star rosters, and we're getting close to the All-Star game itself. So, you know, kind of time to evaluate some teams from the first half of the season. But, you know, we got to start out with the big reaction to the news that dropped last night, and that is the NBA All-Star rosters coming out. Aria did pretty solid on the uh, – was it the East or the Western Conference where you went 12 for 12? The West. The West. Okay, yeah. yeah. So my only one that I missed there was Booker. And I think I had somebody else in there for Paul George just because I felt like he had missed a lot of time. But he was ended it Fox? up getting... uh, Yeah, it was De'Aaron Fox, actually, for both. Yeah. Good call. I couldn't remember who it was. Um, but, yeah, I'll take 10 for 12 any day of the week. So just to recap a little bit, the starters were LeBron James, Steph Curry, Luka, Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard. Um, like we what said, what did you just say? Jokic. It's Jokic. Mm, it, it can be pronounced a couple different ways, but no, it really can't. I mean, Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jokic, the Joker, whatever one you want to call him. I'm going Jokic. with Jokic, but whatever. Um, anyway, the Western Conference, we uh obviously said Anthony Davis would be there, but we know he'll be replaced, so that could leave a spot open for Booker Fox to get in there, probably Booker, but. Anthony Davis, like I said, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Chris Paul, and Zion round out the Western Conference, which head coach being Quinn Schneider for LeBron's staff. Um, first, let's talk about the West. Um, so, obviously, Arya, I assume you thought nobody was snubbed in the West? No. And, you know, I saw, like, a lot of people saying Booker snubbed, Conley, who, whatever, and it's just – I find it very annoying when somebody says a player snubbed but refuses to say who they deserved it over because Mm -hmm. there's only 12 spots. So if you don't think they deserved it over one of those 12, then by definition, they're not a snub. Um, So that's just always annoying, but that's never going to go away. People are always going to do that. Um, No, but like, like I, like you said, I went 12 for 12 with my predictions and who I thought should be there. So I have really nothing more to add. Yeah, you know, I'm going to agree with you on this one as well. I don't think anybody was snubbed. I think Booker is going to end up being named just to replace um, Anthony Davis on this list. But, yeah, you know, I didn't really think the Suns were necessarily deserving of two All-Stars. I feel like you got to have one of the top, you know, four records in the West in order to get one of the, in order to get that many All-Stars. I feel like well, they do, got, don't they? Top four are they in fourth place? place? Maybe. Mm. But still, though. every day, like – <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, last time we podcasted, the Blazers were in fourth place, so it does change every single day. But, you know, I agree with you. I really don't know who I would have named him over on here. Maybe Paul George, but still, I think it's you can make a lot of reasons for why Paul George should be in there. So I have no beef with who all is in there in the Western Conference. Let's flip over now to the Eastern Conference where there's a little more controversy. So we got the starters with Kevin Durant, Giannis, Brad Beal, Joel Embiid, and Kyrie. Um the only thing we messed up there was we both had Harden starting instead of Irving. And then you well, said I had Jalen Brown be, starting yeah, you, too. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say you had Brown there over Beal, which I mean, I didn't think that was bad reasoning with him being on a losing team, but the Wizards have turned it around a little bit, but they're still pretty far yeah. down there in the standings. Um, the reserves were Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, and Nikola Vucevic. Um, mm, Vucevic. Vucevic. Well, Not I'm, right. I'm, I'm bad with those uh, pronunciations, but anyway, head coach is Doc Rivers. Um, I mean, let's go ahead and start out, Ari. I had Julius Randle in there. You didn't. I think um, I was right with the pronunciation. Now it's going to bother me for the rest of this. Fight. <laughs> yeah, too bad. Hey, sorry, all right, sorry. Yeah, let's start with Randle here, though. So you still stand by Randle shouldn't be in this All-Star game? No, no, no. no. Like, so Randle, Levine, and, uh, and Vooch. So those three – I so I had Middleton, Bam, and for that third spot, I actually actually I don't think I actually picked someone. I was just like, oh, whatever. It could be Levine, yeah. Randall, Trey Young, anyone. Like I didn't think there was like a big gap between anybody else. So, you know, I don't have a problem with Randall getting in. My problem is I think Middleton and Bam both deserved it. And I think they 
like two of those three should be out for Middleton and Bam. And if I had to choose the two, I would probably take Vooch out for Bam. And I, I honestly don't get at all how he made it over Bam to be, to be completely honest. And then Middleton, you know, when we did this um, uh, last week, that was, I mean, they were, I, I think they lost, they lost a couple, but the Bucks kind of went on that huge slide and uh, it's not like a huge slide, but it's like a mini slide, I guess. But like, if we did that all-star prediction thing, I don't know, Tuesday before, I probably would have been more hesitant to put Middleton on it um, just because I don't think Milwaukee would have been worthy of two all-stars. So I actually have no problems really with Levine and with, uh, with Randall. I just, I really just don't get how Vooch makes it over Bam. Yeah. Um, I just don't see Vucevic being on here either. Look, he puts the numbers up, like the stats are all there. I agree with that, but the magic are 13 and 19 and they're currently out of the top 10 spots on the Eastern conference. So I just really don't feel like they've won enough games for Vucevic to be in there. So I'm going to agree with you on that one. Um, yeah, you know, I feel I feel like Bam should have been in there over him. I still like Julius Randle in there. I mean, the Knicks are the seven seed right now. I guess they put the Bulls in over the Hawks. I mean, the Bulls have one more win. I mean, Trey Young, I personally think his better stats than Zach Levine does. I mean, he's a better passer. He gets more of his teammates involved. He's dealing with a lot more injuries than Zach Levine is. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of like you said, all those guys are interchangeable in the Eastern Conference. I mean, it kind of sucks for me as a Hawks fan that Trey couldn't get in there, but – you know, I feel like that you can't really have much beef with uh, the guys they selected, except for really Vucevic. I feel like he's the only guy who really didn't deserve to be there. I feel like Bam Adebayo has got to be on there. He'd have to have one guy. You know, they were one of the most COVID-ridden teams, and Bam was kind of the one guy who stayed solid and stayed healthy and was able to stay in that lineup for him and was there. They're kind of this team's rock. I mean, he did so much dirty work for him, and you know, to see him get named the All-Star team last year, not get named this year, I think that was kind of a shock to a lot of people. Yeah, I saw um... – on Twitter, and I might be getting the exact number wrong, but mm-hmm. apparently, so you know, there's 12 spots in each conference, 24 total. Yeah. Apparently, 11 of the players selected were not on the All Star team the previous year, and that just goes to show, like, the shortened off season, the shortened season. Mm-hmm. 30. We're only 30 games in. Like, we're not even. We're really. We haven't even played half the season yet of a shortened season, and we already have All Star rosters. So. I think all of this should kind of be taken with a grain of salt, right? Like there's likely going to be some players who've made, and this has happened in the past, players have made all NBA team, but they didn't make the all-star, which all NBA is, uh, I don't know. I think it's a more prestigious award. There's 15 spots as opposed to 24 and it's a full season for a body of work as opposed to, well, in most cases, half in this case, not really half. Um, So the point I, I, I guess I'm trying to say is like, like let's not read too much into this we never should but especially this year more than ever no i agree with you completely on that one it's at the end of the day it's all about making the uh it's all about making the all nba team around the all-star team and i mean like right after your podcast like i said i don't know if trey had been worthy of making the team yet rattled off three 30 plus point games including one of those being a 40 point game you know like a lot of these players like you said it's kind of like they're just finally starting to get their second win and lock in like I feel like Luca is finally starting to get his second win and lock in I mean you saw it last night we've seen it the last couple of games that the Mavs have been searching oh, a little a, bit there's a segue there's a segue yeah there that's the perfect segue we need right here to get to our next topic which is the most disappointing team so far of the first half of the season. Look, you could sit here and argue all day, but I'm going to choose the most obvious ones because I feel like, you know, we came into the season with higher expectations for these teams. And we'll go ahead and kick things off here with the Dallas Mavericks as one of being one of these four teams. So currently the Dallas Mavericks find themselves sitting outside of the playoffs well, they're in the 10, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're in the 10, but they're 15 yeah. and 15. They're currently the ninth best, um, best record in the Western Conference. Um, first off, Ario, what who's do you the, think? Who's the eight if they like if the season ended today and they were going to do that matchup? Golden State. It goes So it goes okay. Golden State, Denver, Portland, San Antonio, Phoenix, um, Lakers, Clippers, and Jazz. The one note, though, to have about San Antonio, San Antonio's played less games because they've had the COVID delay, so and the they're weather stuff, right? a percentage, but yeah. And the weather stuff, like in Texas. 
I don't think they missed any. I think they were already they on. Co- no, they were already on COVID lockdown. They got COVID oh. lockdown last Sunday. It was like after they played their last game. So right before oh. the weather hit. So they didn't miss any games because of that. Oh. I but, know they missed games. I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. Which one, which one it was. Um, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk first about um, what we think has gone wrong for the Mavs so far. Well, I mean, the basic problem is they don't have that much talent on their roster. Um, they're kind of built around two guys, one of whom could never stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning Doncic, Porzingis, Porzingis being the one who could never stay healthy. And after that, I actually just don't think they have, like their talent is there. Like I'm not a big Dorian, Finis- Dorian Finney-Smith guy. I'm not a big Josh Richardson guy. I actually don't know why they gave up Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. I thought Curry was a lot better. Uh, and you can see that in Philly. Um, that was a little puzzling. Um, continuing on, though, uh, some of their other guys, like, I actually like Jalen Brunson. I like Hardaway. But those guys are very streaky. And you can – they're not guys you can count on night in, night out. And they basically just don't have that number two against uh, – to put against – to put side by side with Luka. And, look, it doesn't have to be – a great like other superstar that's going to match Luca. You're not going to get that. I mean, more often than not, but mm-hmm. they don't even have anyone at like a Chris Middleton level really, or a um, CJ McCollum level, like mm-hmm. as a sidekick type. Now Porzingis would be one of those if we could actually trust him to stay on the court and we can't. Yeah. Look, I think a lot of it has to do with Porzingis. Not only can he not stay on the court, but he's been horrible at defense. Like these teams have been absolutely abusing him when he's been in pick and rolls on the perimeter. Also too, the Mavericks have been one of the most COVID ridden teams in the league if they have missed games, but also too, they've had guys like um, it was Kleber and I can't remember who else had to sit out though and miss some games for COVID. But I agree with you. I think trading Seth Curry was a bad trade for them. I mean, we see how much he's helped stretch the court for Philadelphia. I think he could do a lot to open things up for Luca. You know, you miss having that knocked down reliable shooter Seth Curry actually has a higher career three-point percentage than his brother Steph does obviously this Seth Steph is shooting way more threes than him but I just think that's kind of a little funny stat to throw in there obviously one is way better than the other um I'll let you decide which one is way better than the other but um anyway I think that I think it's that I also think Luke has started the season a little slow you know I think there was probably a little fatigue from the bubble in that playoff I mean they didn't go deep in the bubble but they still played a good bit of playoff well I think they talked about it I think he thought the season was supposed to start in January uh Mm -hmm. and I think they were saying this last night during the Celtics game and he kind of was out of shape and the season started a lot earlier than everyone expected and now you can kind of see that he's especially after last night that like he's he's coming back into form and the guy who we left that playoffs last year, even though they lost in round one, but we're like, all right, this guy's the guy. He's going to be the guy or one of the guys for the next 15 years. Yeah, exactly. See, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, Before we kind of talk about what this team needs to do to turn things around, um, obviously there's been rumors that them and Golden State had some talks to trade Porzingis. There's been rumors that Porzingis is on the table as a trading piece right now. Um, Would you trade Porzingis? Depends what you can get, really. I mean, mm-hmm. like, so you said Golden State. I would assume that package would involve, like, Wiseman and a future pick, something like that. Um, it's tricky, man. Like, and they'd probably have to put in Wiggins just to make contracts work. Um, yeah, it, it really depends on what you can get because I have to be honest. Like, I, I just don't – he's in his sixth year now, right? One all-star appearance in six years – and I know he's missed times with the injury, obviously, but like, that's part of the point, right? Like he can never stay on the court. I thought after he tore his ACL that what ended up being the last game he ever played for the Knicks um, with his body structure, I just had doubts that he was ever going to like fully return the form. Now guys come back from ACLs a lot. Like it's not like Zach Levine tore an ACL and he's an all-star right now, but <clears throat> excuse me um, with his body frame, I just found that more difficult to imagine that he would just come back to form that he was pre-injury. And we've seen that and we see other nagging injuries. So depends what you can get out of him. Honestly, I would, I would definitely, uh, definitely be taking calls though, if I'm the Mavs. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, I said at the beginning of the time when they traded with the Knicks that why would you mortgage your, your future away for a guy who's not healthy and has obviously shown some injuries. Porzingis can't stay on the court and stay. They didn't really mortgage their future though. They didn't give up that much for him. 
And they gave away, they gave up what three future first round picks, or it was two first and a pick swap. But still, you know, you need those first round picks. I mean, at the end of the day, even though Dallas would have been picking out some of the lottery with pretty much all of them except for the pick, well, they had to give that pick to Atlanta as well. So they pretty much had, were down now three first round picks. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to be sitting there picking in positions, they're going to be picking superstars. I mean, but you got to think, you know, you make three first round picks in a row, you got to think at least one or two of those guys are going to be contributors, whether they're bench players or what. You think, just watch the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, hey, we'll get to that next. But, yeah, you know, like, I I just feel like that before Zingas, I don't think the value is there that much. I don't think teams want to give up a lot for a guy who can't stay on the court. Obviously, there's still tons of upside with poor Zingas. He's still a great player. But in this day and age, you know, you can't be risking your future and risking a lot of assets on guys who can't stay in the lineup. So, I think it was worth the risk. I honestly think it was worth the risk. I have no problem with them making that trade. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying I have a problem with him making the trade. I'm just saying it hasn't worked out the best for him. Like I think you have a higher percentage chance of Porzingis being a contributor than hitting on like pick 18 in the draft. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you that definitely is a valid point you're making there. Yeah, I I just feel like that I, I feel like you if you can get rid of Porzingis now, you know, and kind of circle back. As long as the value's there, I think you got to do it, but you can't just trade him to trade him. You know what I mean? You got to hang on to him, hope you get him healthy. I mean, I wouldn't hate them shutting him down for the season, just saying, let's Ooh. do what we can do with Luca and the guys and, you know, try to get him more healthy for next season. No, I'd hate that. I'd actually hate that. Why do you hate that so much? Because, I mean, your, your timelines are finite. And also, you're, um, you're, you want to make Luca happy. So if they, if they, rule Porzingis out for the just shut him down first off I don't even know if he would want that right like he he's yeah. got us like they can't just do it without if he's healthy and he wants to play if they shut him down like that's gonna antagonize that relationship um but you also don't want to antagonize Luca's relationship the relationship with Luca and basically just take away a year from him because you know without him you're nothing in the playoffs not that they're gonna win a title with Porzingis yeah. or make some deep run but you want that chance you want the opportunity so no, I definitely agree with you on that. I'm just saying, if he's going to keep going in though and reaggravating this injury, you got to sit him until he can at least get it to 100. percent You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, I, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of pointless. I feel like to keep putting him in and then having you know two weeks later, oh, Porzingis out for extended time because of X injury. You know, he's got to rehab that and get it back to 100. Um, percent I definitely don't think he should see the court again until after the All Star break to try to give him an extended period of time to rest. But yeah, you know, what do you think the Mavs need to do ultimately to change things the second half of the season? Oh, I I actually don't think a trade is needed Mm -hmm. unless it's like you can get some uh, pretty good package back for uh, for Porzingis. I think it's more just, you know, getting Porzingis healthy, Luca rounding out more into shape. I mean, maybe you get pick up like a buyout guy or something or you get like some wing who can like a like I say this like it's like they're like everybody's just willing to trade these guys like these wings or or interchangeable switch can knock threes. Like yeah. those guys aren't just there for everyone to have. I was thinking like maybe a Harrison Barnes, ironically, who they, uh, who they had at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I like, I, but I think that's a, uh, that's more of a, not a fantasy, but like, that's just more wishful thinking, I guess. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Just hopefully Porzingis for them gets healthy and, uh, and for everybody. I mean, he's a great player to watch. Um, and then Luca just, gets more into shape but i don't think there's like a move to be made i think they kind of botched the offseason a little bit and now they're uh they're kind of feeling the effects yeah see i actually agree with you on this one the mavs will have a lot of cap space available in the offseason so because i mean they'll get uh guys like hardaway off their books from uh, having to pay him anymore so i anything i wouldn't screw up your cap space moving forward yeah. i definitely would try to get like you said you know a wing or something on the buyout market um I don't think a horrible trade would be to trade for Evan Fournier from the uh, from the Fournier. Magic. Fournier. He has one year left on his deal. And this is his last deal, so he's an expiring contract. I think acquiring him, he's his shot could help open the floor yeah. up a little bit for Luca. But you know, like I don't think that there's anything. If anything, if I'm the Mavericks, I'll keep my cap space and keep my options open for next offseason because realistically, you want to get that third star in there to play with Luca. I mean, guys are going to want to play with Luca and KP and what they got going on in Dallas, especially Cuban too. I feel like he's a good guy to help recruit guys to Dallas. So, if anything, I just want to keep my options open. Uh, yeah, he was really good at recruiting DeAndre. Um, <laughs> yeah, it worked out. But uh, Fournier, uh, 
Yeah, no, I'm not a big Fournier guy. Yeah, they do have the cap space because this was going to be the offseason that they were going to chase for uh, for Giannis before he re-signed with Milwaukee. So and this is really like their final offseason to kind of make moves because they're going to give Luca that giant extension, which will kick in starting not next season, but like the season after. So mm-hmm. this is like, just like how this last offseason was Boston's last chance to like make a real move before they have to give Tatum the extension or yeah, 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 I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're, uh, they're kind of going to be, uh, they're going to be a little out of options, um, uh, after this off season. So yeah, I wouldn't panic because of, like you said, the cap space. So, yeah, that's the biggest thing is you got to keep that cap space open so you can make moves. Um, anyway, let's go next to your team, the Boston Celtics. Aria, I want you to tell me what's been, we, most dis- I, we got to, you actually requested it. So I can. I mean, how much how much time have we been doing this? Do you know? I can um, spend like another. I'm good for like an hour just monologuing <laughs> if you want. Hey, unfortunately, we don't have all the time in the world for that. But let's hear it. Get, get us going. What's wrong? Well, it's multiple things. I mean, uh, like number one, Kemba Walker just isn't the guy they had last year. Last year he was an All Star starter, and then you know, starting like after the all-star break, he's had this nagging injury with the knee and I'm starting talking about the all-star break from last year. He had this nagging injury with the knee and then, you know, COVID happened, season gets paused. And then we go to the bubble. The knee is still an issue after nobody played for four months. And then the knee still was an issue even after, and he got, I think it's a stem cell injection, which that always sounds mm-hmm. great when you get one of those. Um, yeah. Uh, and then it's just, he doesn't play back to backs. He, that Pelicans game on Sunday, I think he went for like, I think he went like one for 12 or something like that. I, I mm-hmm. Don't, don't, uh, don't quote me on that. Um, but he just hasn't been the same guy, but it's much more than just him. Smart's been out of the lineup. And I think they really miss him. Not for like, well, obviously for what he can do on the court, but like they don't have the guy, like the energy guy who like yells at people and gets in your face, like a Draymond type. They don't have that anymore without Marcus Smart, which is kind of something you lack when you're, or it's kind of something you need when you're one of these teams that, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, they like start to, I feel like they start to get passive and fade away in some of these games when they have leads or um, when they get to the fourth quarter and Mark with Marcus smart, that doesn't happen. Um, and then the roster, they've all these like middle of late first round picks, kind of like what I was alluding to earlier. They haven't hit on any of these guys, Romeo Langford bust. Um, Semi Ojale bust. Aaron Neesmith, he's 30 games in his career, but damn, does he look like a bust. Rob Williams has looked competent. Um, he's like catching lobs and stuff. And then Pritchard's looked okay. And then some of their free agent signings, Teague was an awful signing. Uh, Thompson has been okay-ish, but they don't really need him. He's just another undersized big and they already have Tice. Like I said, Rob Williams has been coming to their to his own. They don't have any of the wings to back up their best two players. Um, Tatum and Brown, obviously. Uh, Brad Stevens. People are people have been hard on Brad Stevens. And I think like some of the criticism is overblown, but also some of it's not, right? When for the last three years, starting 2019, which was the year that which was Kyrie's second year, you know, like the whole year when Kyrie was having all those press conferences or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, oops, my computer battery is running low. Let me get a charger. Um, Kyrie, uh, so like that season, like they had all the talent in the world. They had the second best title odds to win uh, that year behind only the Warriors. And that was when Durant was still there. And they they were a four seed and lost to Milwaukee in round two. And it was awful. Mm -hmm. And like Brad Stevens, I don't know, does he deserve some blame for how he managed that situation? I think so. Like that he couldn't manage all those stars together and find the balance. 2020 got completely outcoached by Eric Spolster in the playoffs in that Eastern Conference final series. Couldn't find a way to beat the zone. And then this year... um, one of the things that Brad Stevens was always known for was he got the most out of his rosters, even if the talent was devoid. And this year, I feel like the talent isn't really there outside of the top two guys, Brown and Tatum, who have been mm-hmm. great. Um, but he hasn't been getting the talent from these other guys, like the uh, Grant Williams, Aaron Smiths, uh, Langford doesn't even play, Teague, whatever, like you name it. And it's like all in all like a... Uh, a uh, perfect storm. And then the final thing I'll say before I monologue for another hour is um, 
the part that's like the most like dumbfounding, I guess, but maybe it's really not is nothing really changed from the roster from what they were in the playoffs last year. And now you can say, Oh, they don't have Hayward. Well, Hayward, if you remember, like had his, he's hurt. Remember it was his foot injury, ankle. I can't even remember, but he had an, I think it was ankle, but it wasn't the ankle that like had the catastrophic injury to start his mm-hmm. career. I think it was a different one. Does anyways. Um, but like he, he didn't even play in the playoffs. He didn't play in that after he got hurt in that game one series against Philly and we beat them. We uh, swept the 76ers, beat the Raptors in that seven game series. Hayward didn't play a game. And then he comes back in that Miami series and he's ineffective. So to say like not having Hayward is the problem is just not actually true. And it shows like, you're not actually like paying. Now I'm not saying like losing, like I'm not saying having Hayward would definitely help, but that can't be like the primary reason or, but the devil's advocate side is, well, they beat that Philly team that was a mess, didn't have Ben Simmons in the playoffs. And that Raptors team was probably a team that overachieved given they didn't really have a lot of talent with yeah. Lowry Siakam kind of being overrated. Anyways, how much do you think I'm on a log there for? Six minutes, seven? Um, I'd say like five. You weren't yeah. terrible. I could do like another hour, but. <laughs> yeah, so I would say that. You know what? I think the biggest problem here is Marcus Smart. I think y'all miss his two-way presence and just kind of the energy he brings, like you were saying earlier. He's kind of like that Draymond Green guy. Like, he sets the tone. He does the dirty work um, for the team. I mean, y'all won y'all won nine of your games this season with him, and I believe y'all only have 13 wins, and y'all are two in, or uh, three and seven of your last 10 games. So, no, I think it's really the – What? 16. I think we're 15-16. Okay. R- regardless, though, you know, the majority y'all pretty much haven't had Marcus Smart since the 30th. So the majority of y'all's wins came with him in the lineup. I think without him and, like, without having Hayward, that that's when the injuries start to add up and build up. Because, I mean, Marcus Smart was playing out of his mind in the NBA bubble. Like, he had that one game against Toronto where he had, like, a, where he hit all those threes at the end of the game. I mean. At the fourth quarter, yeah. I just feel like, though, that not having Marcus Smart's presence on the floor really hurts you guys because, I mean, like you said, you know, that bench, it lacks the depth that it's had in the past. You know, Peyton Pritchard, Neesmith haven't, you know, they haven't. Oh, it's never had depth. You can, you don't have to be nice. Like, they've never had depth on that bench. Yeah, but regardless, like, I feel like y'all are throwing in there, like, a lot of younger, unexperienced guys who just haven't done it. And, I mean, Danny's missed on these draft picks as much as he hit with Tatum and Brown. He's missed a hell of a pretty bad with the other guys. And I think that it, all of it has kind of built up and is what really is hurting Boston on the slide at this point in the season. Yeah. And, you know, I take a guy who could hit on the Tatum Brown picks, but miss all the other ones any day of the week. Um, what has been, what has been kind of like the thing with the Celtics is they've kind of been one of those smaller big. And by that, I mean, they don't really sign guys at like in the, uh, in the 10 to $20 million range mm-hmm. annual salary when it comes to like free agents, what they do is like for, for role players, it's like, they only sign like big, big free agent signings like Horford, Hayward, Kemba, or they have these guys who are just like at the playing for like a uh, mid-level exception, yeah. which I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but Thompson's not making a lot. Thompson's salary is not in that range that I was talking about. Um, and they, so they either have those guys with the super big salaries or they have guys who are on their rookie deals who they just drafted. The only mm-hmm. player they have who's like in that mid range is Marcus Smart, who you mentioned. So I think what I, what I'm getting at with this is like, they could use like signing like more veterans in that space, as opposed to relying on all of these super young players. Uh, like the only, I, I feel like the only veterans we have uh, outside of are really just like Tristan Thompson and Teague, who's been awful and uh, Kemba, but he's, he's not supposed to be like a veteran role player. He's supposed to be one of our top three and he's just been horrible and injury has something to do with that. But regardless. yeah, Kim, Kimba Walker was the other thing I was going to say. Kimba clearly looks, you know, injured and he has not played well at all. I think that's another thing that's been really killing y'all. I just feel like that, you know, Kimba hasn't been able to contribute what he usually would. Um, yeah, you know, I, th- I think those right now are probably the Celtics' biggest problems. It's just, you know, the way that Kimba's been playing and just the way that um, that uh, y'all's, you know, the bench has been playing in general. I just think the Celtics, outside of Tatum and Brown, there's really just not a whole lot going on. And then the last thing I would say, because I think I saw, I think it was Cowherd, mm-hmm. who was basically yesterday doing the whole thing about how, like, Danny Ainge never went for it. Uh, he never, like, put all his uh, his chips in the center – and what I have to say is, what is the move? 
that he should have made but didn't that what what is that move that he should have made that that he didn't i'd love for somebody to tell me what that is because i can defend uh why it wasn't done and why it wouldn't have been a good idea um you don't have to like if you want you can name one out you don't have to actually agree with it but i can debunk anything here what moves that he should have done yeah like when they were saying oh he should have traded for anthony davis and then what lose him after a year because he didn't want to be in boston and wanted to go to la and then lose tatum and or and or brown in the process like get out of here i would have been down to trade for davis if Kyrie resigned but like i don't know um i just think people are like oh danny ainge could have had this guy could have had this guy but he uh he didn't i'm like all right but where what was the move that he should like if you actually break down each one one by one it's actually he's made the right calls like what trade Jalen Brown for one year of Kawhi maybe you win the title now I guess Toronto did win the title but that doesn't necessarily mean giving up Jalen Brown would have been good who did Toronto give up um DeRozan great (laughs) so what I would have done is I would have traded for uh James is I would have traded for uh James Harden if I was no 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 no. you're gonna give up your all these picks give up Jalen Brown for what for Harden and Tatum like that team's not any any different. I, I would not have done that. No way. Um, and then Harden and Harden and Tatum are in completely different timelines as far as stars. You get two years out of this for a team that you don't think has a chance to win the title and you give up your whole future? No way. I think that they would have played well together personally. All right, but do you like them more than Kyrie and Durant or LeBron and Davis? Um... That's a good question, honestly. I think I like him more than I like. Actually, you know, I don't know if I like him better than any of those duos, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, dang, that is a really good point. So, I don't know. They just got to go along. Maybe one of these young guys becomes something. Maybe there's a trade available. Bradley Beal, who knows? Bradley Beal and Tatum, you know, they uh good friends. Grew up together. Um. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. What do you think the Celtics are going to do to turn things around? I don't know, man. I, 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 I think there's going there's going to have to be a trade. I think right now is they're not going to make a trade before the first half of the season ends, and then they'll start to get uh, – start fielding calls and stuff. And there's going to be a move. They have that big trade exception from when uh, they, uh, they got rid of Hay- – or when Hayward left – um, so maybe you fit in like a Vooch there or a Harrison Barnes. Um, I don't know. There's uh, they need to make a move though. No doubt about it. Trade Rob Williams, trade Pritchard. Teams may want those guys and use those guys in the trade exception to bring in like a player who's not in his first, second, third year in the league. All right. I don't want to talk about the Celtics anymore. I'm <laughs> do it. Yeah. I'm about, I'm about done with the Celtics as well. Um, Next team up here, let's go with the Miami Heat, and I'll start things out the Miami Heat. So I think the Miami Heat have underperformed because, one, they have a little bit of a bubble hangover. I mean, it's even been the same thing with the Lakers. You know, the Lakers' play hasn't been as good in this regular season because both teams have been tired, you know, from deep runs in the bubble. That's my first reason. My second reason here is the Heat have also been one of the most COVID-ravaged teams in the league. I mean, the Celtics have been shut down for COVID, too. Um, All three out of the four teams on here have that in common with the COVID thing. Um, I really think yeah, that's, that's true. Kind of I didn't even mention that for Boston. Yeah. See, I, I forgot about it too, honestly, till just now, but you know, I feel like that's been a big thing that's hurt these teams. The last thing is they have had a lot of injuries, you know, Dragic, a lot of these other guys have missed time in and out of the lineup. Jimmy Butler got hurt on opening night and missed a couple of games as well. I just think they haven't had time to have their entire lineup on the floor. So ultimately I just think this heat team just needs to get healthy and keep on playing their game. You know, they've got so many good players on this team and they've got a nice, you know, healthy team. They seem to be surging right now. I think they just need to get healthy and keep this team playing together and they will be fine. Yeah. healthy. But, but, oh. but I want to say that, sorry, I just want to say this too. I do no, think they good. overachieved in the bubble and the lack of there being home crowds and stuff. Like I don't see them oh, yeah. going into Boston and it's or into Toronto and winning games on the road in the playoffs, maybe and honestly, not even Milwaukee. So I think they overachieved a little bit, but I still think this is a heat team that can finish top six in the uh, Eastern conference. Yeah. I mean, history shows, right. If we had like a normal mm-hmm. season that, they probably wouldn't have gone to Milwaukee and one in five or Boston uh, or, and then beat Boston the next round and gone to six with the Lakers. Like that probably wouldn't have happened if we had a normal season with like actual fans and home court and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like you said, they uh, they've had 
COVID issues. Drogic, I kind of feel like he's always hurt. So, um, but when he comes back, obviously, like he's big for them, and you could feel his absence when he got hurt in the finals last year. Um, the only thing I would say for Miami is, well, two things. Number one, I kind of expected more from Tyler Hero, just with how good he was in the playoffs. I thought he was kind of going to make a next step. I think there were some people who were saying like, would you take Tyler Hero over any player in the 2020 NBA draft? And right now that sounds like ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. You would not take him over LaMelo or some of these other guys that are Halliburton. Um, so that's, so that's one. Two, I would say is I don't want, I don't, and this is like more a, uh, like a problem with like media people who they, uh, who when Miami like is, on a run or they're talking about Miami, they say, Hey, you know, who's the team no one wants to play is Miami. It reminds me of like in the NCAA tournament when uh, there'd be that one team that had like the big run one year. And then for the next 10 years, we have to pretend like they're a sleeper every year, like VCU, right? Yeah. Has VCU even made a sweet 16 since that one run? Maybe, I don't know. Um, but like the point I'm trying to make is like, I think team, I think Miami is not going to be like one of those overrated teams uh, mm. going into this postseason if they get in, which they may not, I think they will, uh, but you know, it's not a, it's not a slam dunk, but uh, yeah, I think there's going to be those people who are like, Oh, watch these teams don't want to play Miami. And then watch, they play the nets and Durant Harden and Kyrie go for like 95 points combined against them. And what are we talking about? Yeah, no, I agree with that take completely. I don't think Miami's going to have the same thing. I think they're a playoff team. I think they're top six team in the East, but I don't think they're going back to the finals by any means. That was definitely them overachieving. Um, heat culture heat culture yeah it's all about the heat culture man um last team on here now is the new orleans pelicans and i'll let you start off with why this team has been disappointing um eric bledsoe (laughs) i mean there's more than just him but him and him and adams like i actually just don't like them on this team uh adams clogs the paint up for zion um so those two like if you if you watch that Celtics game on Monday when they started playing Josh Hart as opposed to uh, to Bledsoe, it was actually like a much better a defensively and just overall better. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's part of it. And then the second thing is the Zion Ingram pairing to me is kind of weird. Defensively, this team sucks. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I, I did like the Hart Lonzo backcourt defensively actually, but. Um, Ingram and Zion is kind of a weird pairing to me. I don't know if that's like a great long-term strategy. Maybe what you want to do is uh, flip Ingram. Obviously you wouldn't want to get rid of Zion, but like maybe flip Ingram and get, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know who you would try and get. Maybe a guard who could compliment Zion a little more. I, I actually don't know what the answer is, but Zion needs to be, it's similar to like Milwaukee and you want to surround him with shooters and you don't want things clogged. Like how it, was for Giannis the moment Budenholzer took over there. Um, that's what you would want for Zion. And you would think Ingram could fit that and he could be off ball and he doesn't need the ball constantly. But I don't know. I feel like when I watch Ingram, he needs the ball more often than not. I'd rather just have Zion. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm talking in circles here. I just don't really like Ingram that much with Zion. It hasn't, it hasn't looked great when you watch it it doesn't feel natural it feels always forced the partnership kind of um not the biggest fan um i actually don't wouldn't get rid of uh wouldn't get rid of ingram to be honest with you i think ingram's still a good young player and i like his um potential and everything so i would keep him and zion together but i think they need to get i want to get rid of him i want to get rid of him unless you get a better player in return like if Beal becomes available yeah. right and you can yeah, it's no brain. in some of your picks then yeah go yeah exactly yeah I agree with you though about Eric Bledsoe man I was all over Eric Bledsoe being the problem in Milwaukee I think he's a huge problem here I mean he's just so bad in these big games never shows up to play always doing dumb stuff he can't guard anybody he doesn't play efficiently I mean he was the problem in Milwaukee and he's gonna be another problem here but I would say that I mean I think they need to I think they need to move some of their guys to try to get better role players, but also too, I think they need to get Kira Lewis Jr. more minutes. I think oh, he's he good. Could, oh, I think he's really good. I think he could do a lot for this team. I mean, he's a beast Alabama. He's really fast. I think he's good on fast breaks and things like that. So 
I think he can get something going for this team. I think you got to turn the reins over him to this team sooner rather than later. But ultimately, I think the Pelicans are still a player or two away from winning, and they also need to do some more to this roster. I think giving Steven Adams that big contract is one they're going to regret as well in the future. Never a fan of that contract. So ultimately, I think that this uh, Pelicans team needs to – make some trades to improve the roster. I mean, JJ Reddick's been hurt. And I think he'll help a little bit with spacing the floor, but I just think this roster. I trade just him. Has, I trade him. I just think the roster, you know, like has too many players who don't really have a direction like Josh Hart, Lonzo, Eric Bledsoe. I mean, what kind of direction are you trying to do with all of them when you have Lewis Jr. as your new, you know, rookie point guard, like same thing with Steven Adams. I just feel like there's not really, you know what I mean? Like there's no direction for so many of these guys. Yeah. I also like, uh, I also like Melly and Alexander Walker. Um, I like Alexander Walker too. I, I, I like those. I like those guys. What I who I don't like is Jackson Hayes. Um, don't at all either. Not not a big fan. The other part is just Stan Van Gundy. Um, Same. Like we we saw what happened in Detroit. He's on his fourth coaching job, which I don't know. Fourth times the charm, maybe. Uh, now, what's his name? Uh, Dan Tony. He had a pretty good fourth job with Houston after uh or maybe that was his fifth i don't know um but like so stan van gundy i don't know i I just i don't see what the appeal is i don't understand i honestly don't i'm still shocked that they hired him to be completely honest uh and i thought like i i I honestly don't get how jeff van gundy hasn't gotten a job yet because it seems like he's more of the Mm -hmm. hot coaching candidate than stan when all these uh openings show up and the names get floated around that's a completely different point though um new orleans though like i just think you know zion will get more comfortable kind of like uh how we were talking about dallas earlier how luke is going to get more comfortable and you have zion you have it's kind of a similar situation actually because you have zion and luca like these generational talents i think Mm -hmm. and then you have these number two guys who they're not perfect fits for different reasons um and yeah when i was saying like i would try moving ingram it's kind of like that poor Zingas thing. See what you can get, but don't just get rid of him to get rid of him. Um, see if you can get like a better player or something yeah. or like a multitude of things back. So, because the last thing you want to do is be the team that pisses off Zion Williamson by trading <laughs> away another, his his sidekick and then Zion. What, what do you think is the over-under for amount of total years Zion spends in New Orleans? Because, you know, this Chris Paul, this team is known for having like franchise stars leave. Chris Paul being one, Anthony Davis being two most recently Zion's in his second year right now in new Orleans over under how many years is he with the Pelicans? What do you set that number at? So if you were to resign, he'd be there for what? Seven years. Well, it depends. He could take like a shorter deal. Now, most of the time, like the stars don't take the short deals after their big contract, but he could theoretically do a uh, four year deal with the option after the third. So yeah, seven. I'm going to go with under that seven number. I'm going to say six and a half years. I think he's going to get traded right around them. Also, though, I'm not yes. saying it's going to happen. Just as think about this. Zion is is heavy, and he plays so high above the rim. I think he's going to have a lot of knee problems. And, I mean, the player he's the most not. similar to is Blake Griffin. And, I mean, look at Blake Griffin's career. So, I don't think Zion's going to have the longest career ever, but – I would not be shocked if he does not finish his career in New Orleans. Actually, let's put it this way. I'm guaranteed he doesn't finish his career in New Orleans. Yeah, I can see Zion, like, as he's getting older and stuff, changing his game a little bit and, like, relying. Remember how, like, well, not remember. It's going on right now. How LeBron relies a lot on, like, the bully ball type of style. Yeah. I can see Zion doing a lot more of that. Because if you, like, that Celtics-Pelicans game again, like, Tristan Thompson – you know, pretty big guy was literally bouncing off of him when Zion, Zion would like seal him and uh, Thompson didn't never had a shot. Yeah. Zion Um, really does look like he bounces up and down at the court. Also one last point I wanted to make on the Pelicans, kind of what you said about Van Gundy, Van Gundy had them playing at the slowest pace through like the first, like, I think it was like 15 games of the season. They were playing the slowest pace in the league. Well, that's completely changed as now they've been, they've been one of the highest, like they've been going over the total. I think like 17 out of their last 18 games, they've gone over. I'm not trying to relate things to gambling, but I'm just saying like they clearly wasn't working because the Pelicans were doing so bad. They've been playing better basketball later because Van Gundy you know, is trying to let them get back to that playing fast up and down kind of style of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. So um, over under six and a half for Zana, I'll definitely take the under. He'll be, uh, I, I'm trying to even like predict the team. Knicks? No, just kidding. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's too hard to project out. No, 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 it's not. The Knicks aren't ever going to get anybody. 
Um, <laughs> hey, they got an all-star though, Julius Randle. So congrats. Yeah, that's their big superstar they got right now. Um, last topic here before that, um, we get up out of here, and that is the Carson Wentz trade to the Indianapolis Colts from the Philadelphia. Um, Eagles almost at the Phillies in a 76ers. I guess show you how much my mind's on other sports these days, but um, Carson Wentz was traded for a third round and a 2022 um, conditional second round pick that could become a first, depending on how well he plays. I think likely they said it's going to be a first. Yeah. Well, that's just them predicting that Carson Wentz plays well there in um, Indianapolis. First off, um, you know, I don't really want to talk who wins and loses this trade just because, you know, you can look back on trades five years from now and it could be the opposite. So let's not talk that. Um, what do you think this trade means, though, for each team? Like, do you think the Eagles, um, you know, after seeing what Stafford got, let's start out with the Eagles here. After seeing what Stafford got traded for, do you think the Eagles should have asked for more for wins here or they took the right price and got out of it? No, they, they, they didn't have. There's no way they were going to ask for more because they wanted to get rid of him. I think. I think this was like the only team that would have taken him because of Frank Reich, obviously those, the Eagles OC from that uh, Super Bowl run. Um, and that's when Wentz had his MVP or he was having an MVP season before he got hurt. Uh, I think like in week 14 yeah. uh, with the, uh, with the knee injury. So no, like, I don't think they even, I don't think they had the leverage at all to ask for more of the Eagles. I think they were mm-hmm. coming from a position of, uh, of weakness, not strength. Yeah, I mean, it was. I agree with you completely. I mean, it was clear that there was really no market from Carson Wentz after seeing what he got traded for. The fact that he couldn't even get traded for a second round pick in this draft. I mean, Stafford got went for so much more, but I mean, it makes sense though. I mean, Wentz has been a shell of himself ever since that he got that injury. And I mean, look, I think if, I think that it was a good move for the Colts. The Colts clearly needed a quarterback, and if anybody's going to do anything with him, it's his old coach Frank Reich. You know, I feel like he's got to feel more confident because. No, Wentz didn't look horrible like two seasons ago when they still made the playoffs. But this last season, I mean, he looked awful. He was throwing up in the air just like random passes. I mean, he looked horrible out there, which I can understand why he got set out. I think the Eagles, though, just looked stupid. It was kind of like that they chose Carson Wentz over Doug Peterson. Then they hire Sirianni. You mean over yeah, yeah, and then they hire. Oh no, no, Peter, I see, I see. What yeah, you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Sorry. And so then they hire Sirianni. It feels like to work with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz demands a trade, and he's gone. I mean, I just feel like the Eagles have completely lost what they're doing, and they become kind of one of the laughing stocks of the NFL here. Well, add on to that. Have they even committed to Hertz being the quarterback? It seems like they're a little, uh, they're a little shaky on that. So it's like you got rid of Wentz. Like, wouldn't you make Hurts the guy now? And it seems like that's not even a, a clear-cut thing. So, yeah, they're kind of – I mean, look, they won a Super Bowl – what was it? One, two, three, four seasons ago? I don't know. Maybe my mouth's yeah. off. Um, so, you know, they can't be complaining too much, especially if you're a fan. And that franchise had never won a Super Bowl until that one. But, um, yeah, it is funny with their, uh, with their quarterback situation. I mean, their quarterback situation, I feel, has been, like, the most interesting out of any team – Maybe I shouldn't say that, but like one of the most interesting out of any team of the last 20 years, going from McNabb to Kevin Cobb to Michael Vick to Nick Foles to Sam Bradford to uh, Carson Wentz to Foles again. I maybe forgot a guy and now Hurts is supposedly the guy. So they, they're always an interesting team from a quarterback perspective, those Eagles. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Eagles never seem to know what they're doing. From the Colts-wise, though, you know, I'd say it makes the Colts the favorite to win this division. I mean, they get to play four games against the Texans team that, look, I'm not going to say Deshaun Watson's out yet, but Texans team that most likely won't have Deshaun Watson. This is me assuming they won't. Um, they're not going to have car- – they're going to have to go up against Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer and whatever's going on in Jacksonville. And then a horrible Titans defense. I mean, this team should win at least – this game should win seven games in the division. You think the, you think the Colts are going to be the favorites to win that division? Who do you think will be, Tennessee? That's, that's who you would pick? I would pick them as of right now. I'm going to buy in on the Carson Wentz being able to at least get them to the playoffs. I mean, Phillip Rivers looked horrible out there. I mean, they almost made it with Jacoby Brissett and, uh, and who else was playing? Brian Hoyer playing quarterback. I feel like the Colts, it's their division to piss away at this point. I think the Jags are going to win the division. Really? Hey, I mean, that's that's probably one of the most toss-up divisions in the league. I just feel like ah. Indianapolis is a defensive run game that they can surround him with to make him more successful. I mean, Philly didn't even have a run game when he was there. Yeah, I take that back on that. Well, the Jags is, like, contingent on how their free agency goes because if you can mm. get Lawrence – I mean, everyone's always talked about forever about how, oh, the best asset in football is the quarterback who's on the rookie deal and 
Uh, yeah. Then you can spend all your money on other places on the roster. I mean, most people are calling, and I think everybody's in kind of a unanimous agreement here that Trevor Lawrence is this generational quarterback prospect. Yeah. So someone like him and you spread the talent around now, I'm not a big Urban Meyer guy, but um, I think maybe, I, I think they're at least going to be a contender. I mean, if Lawrence is going to be that good, it's not really going to matter who his coach is for like at least those first couple of years when it comes to just like making the playoffs or winning games. Yeah. Um, that may pose a problem later down the line, obviously, if Urban Meyer really isn't capable of being an NFL head coach. But, you know, for right now, I think Lawrence is uh, in a good spot. Yeah, no, I definitely think Lawrence is in a good spot. I just think it might take more than one year for them to get over that hump. It might be year two or year three for them to get over the hump. But ultimately, we'll see what happens. It's going to be fun to see what happened with Carson Wentz getting moved on from. Also, breaking news, Devin Booker oh. was just selected to replace him oh. officially. So kind of cool. We get to break the news on the podcast, as we both said would probably happen. But got anything else left to say before we get up out of here, Aria? No, if you want to, uh, if you want to listen to me talk about the Celtics, just, uh, just, just hit me up on Twitter. I'll like send you a 80 hour video. Um, uh, <laughs> the only other thing I would say is just, uh, on a more, not serious, but like more like plugging note is just, uh, check out my new podcast. I think I plugged this last time ringless, uh, going through the careers of active NBA stars who have never won a championship and breaking it down, whole different bunch of categories, angles. Um, and yeah, so the first two episodes are up. I think the first one, yep. well, I know Listen the first one was on Chris Paul. Second one was Russell Westbrook. Um, next one is coming out. I think it's going to be Blake Griffin. So, uh, okay. and we're doing them every Wednesday for six weeks and then it's done. It's a limited podcast series. You only have to listen to it one or it's not going to be a never-ending thing you, you can be done with it there's an end date so yeah. <laughs> hey yeah i listened to one of them today kind of funny how that he uh tied in westbrook with um with darth vader so y'all go listen out for what how that they both make sense together pretty funny twist there um but yeah we appreciate everyone who tuned in once again and we'll talk to all y'all again soon all right bye